I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney. I'm Matt. And this week, we are going to be talking about our list of 10 excuses that are holding you back. Yeah, this is following up from our last episode, talking about relying on motivation. Got us uh, got us thinking about really 10, 10 excuses that we've used, 10 excuses that we've heard that, quite frankly, are weak and aren't a good enough reason to not get you what you want. And so we're going to talk about them today and uh, relate some of our own personal experiences of how we dealt with it, as well as uh, some professional experiences with our clients and how they've overcome things. And see if there's anything in here that you can identify yourself that is holding you back that you can actually start to work through. Mm, Absolutely. So let's get into the list. And can I, sorry, Courtney, can I just say we are actually going to deliver on a promise this week and give all 10 in the one episode. Yes, yes. That is why we are getting uh, straight into it without uh, stuffing around too much because we have got 10 to get through. So number one, I've had a bad day at work, so I'll just stay home. Yeah, I'm an emotional wreck. I I just can't handle going to the gym. I'm just not feeling it. Blah, blah. Blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So it's... It is easy. Most of us will have our bad days at work from time to time, some more so than others. I'm not a fan of empowering other people to uh, stop me from doing what I want to do. Absolutely. I think that we definitely have to acknowledge the fact that people, some people have more stressful jobs than other people. Some people will, within their job, be coming up to a stressful period of time, maybe around the end of the financial year, or around Christmas time, or Mondays, anything like that. Some people just have a Tuesdays. stressful job in general. So it, we're not saying that I'm well for myself. I'm not saying that it's not a factor, but it can't be a factor to say I'll just stay home. Well, I know for me, before I started working as a PT. I was working in office and also I've worked in retail stores before where there have been plenty of bad days. And I remember when I was sort of early along in my journey where I spent four years basically wasting time going and not going to a gym, uh, often I would have a day at work where I would feel tired or worn out or stressed or something negative had happened through the day that I'd be dwelling on, and that would be what I would tell myself to say, oh, I won't go to the gym today. I've had a bad day. Absolutely. I won't go. And quite frankly, that's just not going to get it done. No, and I know in my in my previous experience with jobs, I, I worked for a very long time in the hospitality industry, 
and I worked for a very long time where I would work every weekend and included some of those weekends I would do like a night shift so I would maybe get home at one two o'clock in the morning and I would have to be up the next morning to go to the gym so especially if that night shift was a Sunday night I would have to get up and do my scheduled Monday morning weight session and it sucked because I was getting up, all I wanted to do was sleep in. I just worked 10 hours on my feet, got home late. I just wanted to stay in bed or stay rugged up on the couch all day and do not much. But it's the same thing that we talk about in terms of motivation. You've got to, you've got to really understand the reason why you're doing it in the first place. So you've really got to ask yourself a hard question mm. that if you've had a bad day at work or your job is getting in the way is... Are your goals as important to you? I think I think Courtney's really on the money with that. I can also relate a story from when I first became a PT, where I was working, starting to work for myself out of out of two gyms, while working uh, a full time nine to five job in an office, where my my day for Monday through to Friday would be getting up at four thirty to meet a client at the gym just after five. Um, then I'd have back-to-back clients at the gym at that time. I would then uh, finish with those clients, go to the office in time to start work at nine o'clock, work all through the day there, finish at the office, drive straight to the other gym I was working out of to work with a number of clients back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. And that would have me finish around about nine o'clock 9.30 at night. And believe me, I did not feel like doing my workout that day. No. But guess what I did? You did it. Yeah, I did. Uh, so every day would, would involve having a workout that would finish around about 9.30, sorry, 10.30 at night when I quite frankly really did not feel like it. And that went on uh, like that five days a week for about almost 10 months mm. when I first started just to try to try to build myself up and it was hard it was really hard and I don't regret it one little bit no and I think the other thing that you really have to think about is I think we spoke a little bit about this last week as well is that if your goal if your reason for making a change is not strong enough then excuses like this that seem weak when you hear it are going to are gonna pop up and they're going to seem really strong when they mm. happen to you. But then you really have to start thinking to yourself, am I wasting my money here? Am I wasting my time hiring a professional or joining a gym to make this change when you're just going to allow an excuse like I've had a bad day at work so I'm not going to go come into come into play so I, I think that that's really one that um, that you really need to look at yeah the reason the reason you are going to the gym or doing what you're doing in the first place has to be stronger than your desire to go home because you've had a bad day yeah well that's a massive statement right there yeah it is so yeah. I think that that's a good one to leave that number one um, topic on so number two is it's too hot it's too cold. It's too raining, it's too sunny, it's too weather. I shouldn't go. It's too weather. It's too weather. It's too weather. 
Right. It, there's, there's just too much weather outside. I'm going to stay in bed. <laughs> I'm going to stay at home. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> it's too weather is going to catch on. It's too weather. You know that, don't you, It's man? just too weather. Okay, so yes, it is just too weather. So yes, it's... it's I, I know for myself, professionally, I've heard this a lot, and I know myself in the past, I have used this a lot, which is you wake up in the morning... Your alarm goes off, you're annoyed because it's five o'clock in the morning and your alarm's gone off and you don't want to be up at five o'clock in the morning. You hear the rain coming down outside. You know it's it's cold. cold. You You know know it's cold. cold. And you think to yourself, you know what? I can can just see this is not going to be a good day. I'm just going to stay here in bed. But the, the odd thing is that that's what goes through your head. But by you not getting out of bed... To achieve your goals, you have just made it a very bad day. You, you compound it. Uh, and Courtney can speak from the the sort of perspective of someone that has grown up in a cold weather climate yes. here in the part of Australia that we live. Uh, I myself have spent most of my life in the other end. North, uh, north Very, very Australia. much north of the country where it's very hot most of the year and extremely humid. Where for me, I never got the it's too cold because it's not cold. I would get be telling myself it's too hot mm. or it's raining because up in the tropical north of Australia, the the rainfall could be very heavy and very, very persistent. And if it's not raining, it is disgustingly hot and humid and sticky. So I would often tell myself, yeah, it's too hot, except every day was hot. Yes. You know, and... Same thing for me. Well, what really worked against me that I didn't like? I didn't like to sweat. That's a problem. I wasn't. I wasn't used to the idea of sweating and exerting myself, and just felt disgusting. Um, I found. I personally found that hard to hard to get through with. But eventually, I just realised if I want to do this, I've got no choice. Absolutely, and I don't. I don't think that that not liking to sweat feeling is very uncommon. I've heard that a lot over mm. the time that people are very uncomfortable with that sensation. So mm. that is something that they have to get used to. But I think that the thing as well professionally I've seen it a lot where at our gym we'll see classes where attendance will really drop off when it hits, you know, 30s, high 30 degree Celsius weather. Mm. And you think to yourself, well, you know what? You're going to sweat anyway. You're going to get hot anyway. So if it's already hot, you, like realistically, it's not changing anything. For us, all that changes in our classes is that you probably have a few more drink breaks. Well said. But that's just it. You're still working hard. You're still going to sweat. You're still going to get hot regardless. Yep. Uh, nailed it. If it's too hot. Think about having a, a bit more water on hand in terms of hydration. If it's too cold, just understand that once you've warmed up, you ain't going to feel it. Well, that's the big. That's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Mm. So when you're when you're saying it's freezing and you're getting to the gym at six o'clock in the morning and it's freezing, yes, it is cold. But as soon as you've warmed up, oh, off come the jackets. I see it in the gym. People are just stripping off layer after layer yep. until they're down to their to their three quarter leggings and their singlets because they're they're sweating. Yep, you don't feel the cold, that's for sure. No, you, you warm, warm up, up, you warm up faster, that's yep. for sure. 
Um, and the thing is, I found as well when I was uh, training up north in the in the heat to help me get around it, I would just delay my sessions until the evening or do them early in the morning mm. before it got really, really bad. So where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, so no, I'm not a fan of letting the weather hold me back because that's not going to make me happy in the long run. So let's move on to number three, which is I'm a fussy eater. Now this one really shits me to tears. <laughs> not going to lie because you know what? Everyone's a fussy eater. Yes. I'm a fussy eater. I'm Courtney's a fussy eater. You are no doubt a fussy eater. We are all fussy eaters because we have things that we like and things that we don't like. Yes. So we're all fussy to some extent. But to use that as an excuse to limit food choices, to not even put in the effort, to be prepared, or to even experiment with variety to see if that fussy eating can be worked on, how are you going to know? Absolutely, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Matt, there, where you said to not even try. I think that's the biggest thing, and it's the biggest thing with a lot of these list of excuses that that we're going through is that you may not like it, but the fact that you don't even try when you say you're trying to achieve a goal is beyond annoying. (laughs) It's It's like someone saying... I have a headache, but I refuse to take some sort of pain relief for it. Don't complain then that you have a headache. If you're not willing to help yourself to fix it, you don't have then the right to complain. Yeah, I think, I think we call that shut up. Well, it's it's very simple. So I'm a fussy eater too. There's certain foods that oh, I yes won't eat. Oh. There's certain foods that don't agree with me. There's certain foods that that I can't even smell that make me feel sick just smelling those foods. But I'm still able to achieve my goals because I still enjoy the foods that I eat. I still make sure there's variety in what I eat to the point where I can. There's so many foods out there that if you don't like certain foods, you don't have to eat them. It's not like you've only got a choice of five foods that you can only ever eat for the rest of your life. Can I also just say that I know when I was first getting into a healthy lifestyle, I was extremely, extremely fussy and extremely limited in my choices and what I thought tasted good. But what I found and that what a lot of the clients that I've worked with have found when they're very fussy is that by just experimenting, trying new things, your taste changes. Absolutely. I I used to hate pumpkin. Yeah. It's now my favorite vegetable, bar none. I used to hate Brussels sprouts. I now love them, within reason. Absolutely. But they're very tolerable. Uh, same with a lot of different vegetables and fruits that I didn't have a taste for when I was younger. Now, I just want them all day. Yeah, and but, I'm, I'm very similar. But you've got to give yourself the chance for your body and your taste to evolve by giving it different things. So with a lot of our clients that first start with us, we really push for them to try and get some variety in, even if they are quote unquote fussy eater, try and get some variety in because you need to give yourself a chance to evolve and give your body a chance to develop a new taste. Because as your body starts to get used to being fed pretty good food, it starts to want more. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you give yourself a chance to evolve, like Matt said, but then you can also then say to yourself, look, I gave this a chance and I still really don't like that. 
Then don't have okay, it. Okay, that's fine. Cross it off the list. But I think my story, and I see a lot of clients' stories very similar to what Matt just said, where I grow up having cut out so much food from my diet because I say I don't like it, whereas over the last four years I've reintroduced a lot of those foods and now I can I think to myself, why did I go this long without eating this? So sometimes we convince ourselves that we don't like particular foods but it's just because we didn't grow up eating them or we really haven't given them a chance. Give them a chance, add some variety, test things out, change up some recipes, involve some new ingredients. Spices, herbs. Spices, herbs, flavouring. You know, food shouldn't be boring. I think a lot of people think that when you start to get healthy, suddenly you're eating plain chicken and broccoli. Boring. So you've really got to make sure there's some variety. You've got to make sure that there's some sourness going on, a little bit of sweetness. You know, there's some different textures in your food as well. There's so many different things you can do. But if you have that closed-minded attitude going in saying, well, I'm just a fussy eater, well, you're never going to achieve anything because you've just closed yourself off from trying. Yeah, so in closing on this point, if you're a fussy eater and you find it's holding you back, my advice is to get over yourself. Um, pull your head out of your bum, Uh, just have a crack at some new things and give yourself a chance and give yourself some time. I can assure you, as a career fussy eater, things will change if you give yourself the chance. So moving on. Moving on, number four. This is my comfort zone. I know I can do it this way. This is my comfort zone. Is that another way of saying this is easy, I'm going to keep doing this, hoping it's going to work? I think, yes, it's a way of saying, well, I'm just going to stay in this little bubble over here because this is where I know that I can do things the way I like to do them and I've got a little routine in place and I just want to stay here. Actually, can I... I can give an example of this. Go for it. Often, Courtney and I will be approached by people who want to get into pretty good shape and they'll ask us... Oh, Matt or Courtney, do you guys do one-on-one personal training? To which the answer is no. We do group training because it's more effective in terms of training intensity, support, results, etc. And often what I will get in return is, oh, no, I'm looking for one-on-one training because that's what works for me. If it worked for you, you wouldn't be looking for it. You'd have done it. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. A lot of people will stick into their comfort zone doing the things they think are working for them, yet they're not. And this goes for the same style of training, mm. the same the same pattern. They'll just continue the same pattern thinking it's going to get them a different result. Isn't that called the definition of insanity? Yes. Well, I mean, I, 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 I fall in this category back you know, four or five years ago, I was doing the same thing. I was going to the gym a couple of times a week and I'd walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes to half an hour and I'd walk back out thinking that that was it. I'd done my job. I'd got to the gym. Or you can go into the gym and do the same weight on the same exercise for the same reps for three months, six months. Watch as nothing changes. And that's what happened to me. I was going into the gym. I wasn't changing. I was just going in there a couple of times a week. I was walking on my treadmill. I thought in my head at the time that I was working hard and I clearly wasn't, 
But I, I was in that routine and that's what I was doing and I had convinced myself that that was going to get me results and until the day that I realised that if I keep doing the same thing, I was going to get keep getting the same result. Yep. So if you find that, one, things aren't changing and being honest with yourself, there might be more fuel in the tank mm. when you're doing your training sessions, be it you can lift, you can lift a heavier weight than that, you can do more reps than that. You can run harder than that, whatever. Get cracking. Absolutely. Push yourself because that's what the body's going to respond to. The body does not respond to the same stimulus at the same intensity. It needs more. Yes. All right. Well said, Matt. Uh, number five, people will laugh at me when I exercise because I'm so out of shape. This is a lot like I'm going to join a gym after I've lost some weight. Boom. I was just thinking the same thing, the same thing. This is a lot like that. So, you know, obviously gyms can be intimidating environments. I know when I first joined a gym years ago, I was scared shitless. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was actually terrified because I thought I was going to be judged. Mm. Uh, I thought, okay, this place is a full of all these strong, athletic, good-looking, in-shape people. What is a big fat potato like me doing in a place like this? And it was hard. Well, it would have been very intimidating for you. I mean, you're you were not small back then. I mean, you're six five, six six, and one hundred and eighty kilos. Yeah, it did yeah, hard to hide. Um, and I found that very hard to get over for quite some time until it occurred to me one day that no matter what shape people are in, they all go to the gym for the same reason. Mm. They want to improve themselves. Yes, everyone in the gym is not happy with something or some things and they're all there to work on that so in that re in that respect we're all in the same boat mm. once once i that that dawned on me it got a hell of a lot easier to not just go to the gym but go there and go after it yeah. because like you know what all these people here that are stronger than me and fitter than me they're here for the same reason i am just go for it absolutely and I, I had a similar experience back you know, five years ago when I was going and doing my just treadmill walks on the gym. The cardio area of the, my gym at the time was separate to the weights area, so they were completely separate areas, and that is the only area I would go into. The only reason I would walk into the weights area of that, that gym was to go to the water fountain to fill up my drink bottle. Wasn't well, that because the cardio areas for, for the ladies and the weights areas for the boys? That's a perception, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, and it was intimidating to me just to walk through to fill up my water bottle at the fountain into the weights area. I didn't even want to go in there. So they it can be a very intimidating place to be. Yeah, and we see it with our own gym as well when we get new people that will join up and they're terrified of being, quote, unquote, the unfittest person in the class. My response, who fucking cares? I think a lot of people also are just terrified of being judged. I mean, no one wants to be judged, but I think that's where you've also got to put yourself in that right environment where you're surrounding yourself with other like-minded people and you're going in there and, yeah, you're, you are going to still have that fear of being the biggest person in the room or the most out-of-shape person in the room. Or the unfittest. Yes. But... I think if you go in there, if you if you choose an environment and, and a place to be where you're around like-minded people, that also helps to limit that blow of that 
intimidating feeling. That and also talking about the, I don't want to be the unfittest person in the class. Actually, you kind of do because then it has a greater effect on you. I know whenever I've joined in uh, to the classes at our gym, all my clients last longer than I do and I love it. I was just about to say, I might actually be the most unfit person in my gym. (laughs) No, no, that would be me. You're the second most unfit person, Uh, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you are pushing to your capacity, who cares? Everyone runs their own race. So now on to the next one. And I really, really, really fucking hate this. I'll let you take this one. Number six. I don't have the time. Mate, get over it. (laughs) Get over yourself. If you want to get in shape and you want to look your best... Don't come at me with this weak shit. I don't have the time. Make the fucking time. That's it. Move on. Next one. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, well, yes. I mean, there's not much you can say about the excuse of I don't have the time. I, mean, I think realistically, if you're going to have the excuse of I don't have the time, then again, I think you really have to sit down and take a really good look at why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, in the end, when it comes to life, shit is going to happen. Absolutely. Things are going to... People have this delusion that, oh, I'm going to get into this great shape and it's going to be a smooth, perfect ride all the way through. That's what we call a fairy tale. Well, it's the old saying of if it was easy, everyone would do it. Well, obviously. But... No transformation, no weight loss journey, and I mean none of them, is going to be smooth. No. Shit is going to happen that you won't plan for, that you won't expect. Things, life occurs. Yes. Life will occur. What's going to be a real telling factor is how you respond to those things. Because anyone can be a good time Johnny and be all over it when things are, when things are going smoothly. But the test of character and the test of how much you want what you're working for is when things don't go to plan. Absolutely. Like, well, I know I've had deaths, cancer scares, relationship breakups, moving house can be body stressful, changing jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Think things can pop up. It just comes down to, really, we will always make the time in life for the things that are most important to us. So it's okay to not make the time to go to the gym or not make the time to get in the kitchen and cook some food as long as you're okay with not getting what you want. Well, that, and, that, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, it it it's, it sounds like very blunt, but it, it's just the blunt truth about it. There's no other way of saying it. And also, I think our industry doesn't help people's perception of this when a lot of people just assume that to get in great shape, they have to live in the gym. Yeah. No, they don't. That's actually very true. No, they don't. Um, every transformation we've got out of our best, our, our Wall of Fame clients have come from them doing maybe four to four and a half hours a week of intense exercise. Mm. Not much. No. Two weight sessions a week, two to three intense cardio sessions a week. Not much. No. At all. No, there's no epic two-hour-long workouts in the gym here. Not of your goals to look your best. No. No. No, unnecessary. So I think that's definitely hit the nail on the head with that, Matt. It's definitely also something to really think about is your perception of what time you need to sink into this. Is that off? 
Yeah, if you if you feel if you feel that you need to spend three four hours a day exercising and you get in shape, you don't. No, you no. don't. What I've seen what some people do in a day, others can do in a week and get a better outcome. Absolutely. Especially when someone is not used to intense exercise and they haven't got their conditioning up, more can be counterproductive and dangerous. So often less is more. Uh, but either way, I don't have the time. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. If it's important enough, you'll make it. Absolutely. Next. Next one, number seven, missing sessions. Okay. So we're talking about, we're not talking about rescheduling sessions because that's, that's a whole different thing. As Matt just said, shit in life happens sometimes. Stuff comes up unexpectedly. We're talking about missing sessions in terms of skipping them or cancelling them altogether. That can just not be done. Well, to me, if, and this is all of my clients know, that if I, not if, when I give them their training program over a 12-week period, every session is on there for a reason. Not just because it might be cool to do it. No, because it's going to help you get what you want. And whenever someone skips a session that I've laid out for them, it drives me crazy. And can probably should just clear up, we're not talking about skipping a session because you're ill or something like that. We're talking about just just skipping a session. I wasn't feeling it today. Yes. So, <clears throat> yes, obviously, if you are sick, then it is not beneficial for you to no. push oh, through and work well, out while you're sick. If you're sick, go to bed, mate. That is not a good idea at all. Go to bed. That is the case where missing a session is fine. We're talking about... Picking and choosing. That's right. We're talking about excuses here. So... Being actually sick is not an excuse. You are sick. We're talking about using excuses and picking and choosing and skipping and cancelling sessions just because you feel like it. The worst, the well, probably the biggest culprit that I've seen are the intense cardio sessions because most rational people don't enjoy those sessions. They are the most hated, yes. As they should be, but... They're also useful for a very, very, very good reason. And there's a reason why they're on they're on our programs. But what you find is if you're the sort of person that's on a bit of a path to something really special you want to achieve, you can't you can't just do the things that you want to do. No. You can't pick and choose. Everything has a place when it comes to this exercise. So the weight training, the cardio, the, the lo- less intense activities all has a purpose. Picking and choosing is going to be counterproductive. So missing sessions just because oh, I didn't feel like it today. Well, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Get over yourself. Yeah, yeah, not good enough. As, as Matt said before, for us, when we're dealing with clients or when we're writing our own program, everything is put there for a reason. You know, even when we're writing our own program, we don't just put in extra sessions because we feel like killing ourselves. Well, in the, in the case of Courtney, she doesn't feel like any sessions. Literally hate exercise in general. So I am never going to put something in my program. Just cause? Just because it's fun. Like fun not even going for a walk <laughs> is fun. So that is not going to happen. So, yeah, I think, again, you really have to uh, sit down and analyse if you are skipping and cancelling sessions, if the path you're on is something that you really want to achieve. Yep. 
All right, number eight. I've been going to the gym for a few weeks and it's not working. No, this ain't going to fly. Just shut up and stick with it. Well, yes, I think we've spoken a lot in the past and we'll continue to speak a lot about it in the future because, again, I think there is a massive misrepresentation in our industry Mm. about the time it takes to make changes and quality long-term changes. Wait, wait, Courtney. Yes, I know what you're going to say. Courtney. Can you get a result in 21 days? Are you telling me I can't get abs in 14 days? No. Are you telling me... Not unless you've already got them. But if if I detox for a month, won't I be in the best shape of my life? No. But what about what about 28-day challenge or seven days to shred? You're actually just going to start annoying me, so stop saying them. But at the end of the day, Cleanse. there are a million different programs, supplements, insert thing here that you can do. We're talking about long-term changes that you can keep. That you can keep, that you can maintain, that mean you don't have to be on the diet for the next 25 years of your life. On and off. <laughs> that means that you don't have to go 100% perfect every day of your life and never have a treat in the rest of your days. Means that this is going to take time. There is, we never, I will never shy away from the fact that this is not a hard and long process. Matt will never shy away from the fact that this is this is not an easy process to go through. But mm. if you are going to sit there and say, in a couple of weeks I've been going to the gym and nothing has changed, then your expectations to begin with are completely flawed. Yeah, there's a reason why when we, when we first meet with people at the gym or even when we work with them online just to you know get to know them, where they've come from, where they want to go, etc., uh, one of the, the key questions that we ask them is, how long do you think this will take? Because that gives us immediately an idea of where they're at mentally. So let's say a woman comes in, she's a size, I don't know, 22, mm-hmm. has been this way for the last 10, 15 years, wants to go from a size 22 to a size 8. And we ask her, how long do you think this will take? Oh, 12 weeks. You're dreaming. And that is that is literally what we would have to tell that person because I do not feel comfortable, and I'm sure Matt, you'll agree, to let that, that lady leave our gym thinking that that is a possibility of happening. No, with the expectations, and this is a key to, I think, I think this is one of the big keys to the reason we get some really good results with our clients, that the expectations right up front are realistic. Absolutely. Simply put... If you spent years doing stupid diets or not eating or overeating, abusing your body, under-exercising, over-exercising, blah, blah, blah. If you spent years doing this shit to yourself, it's going to take time to undo. That's just the way it works. And you're not going to like it, the fact that it takes a long time. I don't like it. Matt doesn't like it. I don't like it both myself personally and as a trainer. Absolutely. If we can get results for our clients in in seven days... We would own our own country. We would do that. Like we We would would be millionaires and billionaires if we could make that happen. Yep. But it's just just not... It's not ideal. So I think the biggest tip that I can give here is if this is an excuse you have found yourself using, that you really have to sit down and then not only really look at what goals you want to achieve and the reasons why you want to achieve them, you also have to really make sure that you set yourself 
quality expectations in terms of time. You really have to make sure that you understand that things are going to take time. They're going to take longer than what you expect they're going to take. And you've just got to set yourself that expectation in the first place. I think also if you if you are undertaking a program and you've done it for a while and you are a bit concerned though, don't be afraid to run it past a professional. Yeah. Because I know for a lot of people um, that I've worked with, it can take some time to ramp things up. But one thing I like to find myself telling my clients is keep doing what you are doing. It's inevitable. Mm. But I think as well, if you are the sort of person where you're getting frustrated having been you know, going to the gym for a while and nothing's changing, look at our 10 signs that you're about to lose weight episodes. Are there the things you're overlooking? Good point. So refer back to that. Uh, let's move on. Next. Number nine, not going the extra rep. Oh, that's good enough. Oh, you love this one. <laughs> and by love, you mean hate. Yes. <laughs> I was being facetious. Oh, yes. That's a big word. I know. Word of the day. So for me, one thing that drives me crazy is when someone starts to smell themselves a little bit <laughs> and they think, oh, yeah, this is good enough. I'll stop. I've been guilty of that. Courtney's been guilty of that. You know I've been guilty of that. Courtney's been guilty of that. Our clients have been guilty of that. I don't, I'm not a fan of stopping short during a training session just because you've done enough. I agree. So for me, um, if I think there might be a chance of more reps in this set, I'm going for it. Well, you're at least going to try. And if, you, and if you fail at the set, that's why you have a spotter or you have spotting arms or, or something like that if you don't have a workout partner with you at the time, mm. just in case you don't get that extra one. I think a spotter is also great. Having that, having that workout partner, and this is why Courtney and I also train together, having a workout partner is very, very good because they will see things that you don't because you're the one doing it. And what you think is happening often is not what is actually happening. Yes, I know I've been guilty with certain exercises where it feels like, oh, I'm really, really struggling here. Yet when I've watched the video that Courtney's recorded, it's like, oh, hang on. I could have done more. Yeah. I could have done more. I hate it. Absolutely. I hate it. And all the, I know the clients that, that we work with in the gym, especially when, when I'm around them, they, they know that they'll hear about it if I think they've got more they can do. What's the term that you use for it? Well, you use to describe me when I do this. Sandbagger. Yes. See, I thought that was a term everybody knew, but apparently it's not. No. No, where no. Did you, where did you hear that? I don't even know where it came from then. Is this a discussion we're going to have now? We're going to keep talking about this. Well, I just wanted to know. Um, it, uh, it's a sporting term. Matt calls me a sandbagger when I don't try for that extra rep. Just when I'm just not a fan when people just pull up short yes just pulling up short when you can see there's more you know there's more or especially in the case of people doing weights where they'll set themselves a weight where you know you know what they're going to smash that that's not even going to be a test put more on there i've had that with courtney a few times even though it's led to a few arguments but then again i think that skill also uh comes with time and experience in the weights room as well yeah it does but as we said having that spotter and that training partner there will help to i think overcome that 100 percent. um and that's where i think there can be um benefit as well in even recording 
some sets now and then. That's a really, really good one. It helps me. Yeah. We've done that recently with Matt in the gym where we've recorded his sets and shown him afterwards. And it's amazing then what he's able to learn about the way he does his squat or the way he does his deadlift where he's not feeling those things as he's doing them. Yeah, so then it gives you an idea of what to work on because when you're in the in the moment doing it, um, your mind can play tricks on you. Absolutely. In terms of, oh, this is too hard, I can't do this. Or, my, this yeah, my, my back isn't straight. This or, is good enough. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Look out for that. Absolutely, that, that can be that that could be something that can really hold you back because you're not really pushing to your capacity. And it can also be wrapped up in the sort of the comfort zone one as well. That, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I think the last one is also a comfort zone one, which is finishing your workout and thinking to yourself, "Oh, I could do that again." Yeah, that's not a good one. And I think this one is a lot to do sometimes with the people's environment they're in. Sometimes they just don't want to push that little bit harder. Sometimes if they're working out by themselves, I find mm. they don't push themselves as hard if if they're by themselves as opposed to working out in a group setting. I think as long as you can you can finish a intense cardio workout and say, I cannot run that little bit further. I cannot do one more burpee. I cannot do anything else. My legs are about to fall off. Mm. I think then that you can say that you've done it well. The other thing that I think a lot of people get too much in terms of judging is is sweat. Or soreness. Or soreness. Mm. Afterwards, people think that they were really tired after that workout and then they wake up the next morning and say, oh, but I'm not sore, so maybe I didn't push myself hard enough. Yeah. Yep. Whereas you actually probably did because you got to the end of your workout and you said, I could not do any more. Yeah. So just because you recover well doesn't necessarily mean that your workout was shit. Nah. And I know for myself, I'm not a big sweater. So I don't sweat a lot. Mm. Even during my cardio workouts, I don't sweat a heap. Obviously more when it's a hot weather, but I don't sweat heaps. So there's no point me looking and judging my sweat level as to say how hard I'm working out. So those things are the traps that you can get caught into. But I think in terms of feeling like you could have done it again, I definitely think a lot of it, Matt, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I think a lot of it has to do as well with with are you working out by yourself? Are you working out with people who aren't as necessarily uh, fit as you are and you're playing down to them? Or the, I think the environment plays a lot in that as well. Yeah, absolutely it can. Um, I know the vast majority of people won't do it as well by themselves. Yeah. Simple as that. So if you're the sort of person where you'll finish a workout and think to yourself, I could do more, you didn't go hard enough. You want to be able to walk out of your session, no matter what it is, regardless of how sore you are or aren't, the question you have to be honest about answering is, could I have done any more? Mm. Could I have gone harder? If the answer is no, high five, get out of there. Mm. You've done your job. I know often when I do uh, a weight training session with Courtney, I won't sweat, unless it's leg day, but I won't sweat. I won't be sore straight afterwards, but I'll know if I try to pick anything else up, it's not going to happen. Yes. I know that um, I will sometimes, after a particularly hard weight sessions, I'll have the shakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get those after cardio sessions too sometimes. Yeah, yeah my legs will shake if I've been running or something like that. Yep. 
No, I've had the actually yeah, I've had um I've had the spaghetti legs. Oh yeah. After some hill sprints before. Absolutely. Where it's like I think to myself, I think I've got more in here. My legs are saying, No. No. No, you don't. Stop. <laughs> yeah, please stop. Absolutely. But I think as well, this one again, and I know it's a bit repetitive, but it has to be, is that when you're working out and you're pushing yourself, you've really got to remember why you're doing it. Yeah, that, but also I think what Courtney said before, look at the environment. Correct. Do Are you doing it by yourself? Do you need to be around people that can elevate you? Well, I've had clients tell me that they went and did some a cardio workout and then I probe a little bit more and realize that actually it wasn't a cardio workout. It was considered sort of light exercise for them because they went with someone who was well under their fitness level and instead of pushing themselves harder, they waited for that person mm. and they they played down to fit in with that person's fitness level. That just holds you back. So that that then is not an intense workout. So even if you're around other people and you're doing an intense workout together, you have to remember that if you're at different level, you have to set yourself a goal above. So if, if I'm going to do hill sprints with Matt, Matt does hill sprints much better than I do. But I wouldn't expect him to wait for me and to play down to me because then it's going to affect his workout. So what Matt often does is we'll do some hill sprints and try to go head-to-head, but he'll obviously beat me. But then it pushes me to work harder. It pushes him to work harder because then maybe he'll wait and he'll give me a head start. So then he has to chase me and I have to try to beat him to the finish line because I know he's faster than me and he's coming. Yeah, not ev- even you know, when you're with a workout partner or in a group, not everyone's going to have the same fitness level. In fact, that's not going to happen. No. Everyone's at different levels. So I know for me, as Courtney said before, when we're together, I will handicap it. So Courtney has a head start. Uh, also, with clients in our gym, if I'm pairing people up and there's an obvious difference in fitness level, the fitter person will have to do more in the same time that the less fit person will. So they're both working to their capacity as keeping them honest. Absolutely. You know, this exercise needs to be inclusive. Oh, 100%. You can't always just work out with the people that are at the same fitness level you are. That's hard to find. That's unrealistic as Mm. well. And I I know, know, just like Matt said, in in the gym, we pair people up like that. The person who is not as fit will often say and apologize, thinking that they're holding up the person that is fitter. Not if the fitter person is doing double. Exactly. And you say, (laughs) no, 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 this is ideal. And in a lot of the time, it is ideal because it's pushing you both. It's pushing the unfit person to work harder to get better and is pers- pushing the fitter person to do double what the unfit person can do. Yeah, setting the bar high. and set, We're just setting a high bar for each individual, Yeah, which I think is the right thing to do. So on that note, we are going to uh, close the book on those 10. Yes. Uh, if any of those 10 are things you can relate to, um, hopefully this helps, even though we are blunt at times, stiff shit. That's just how we roll. Um, but... If there's anything, any of these 10 that you can relate to that you've overcome yourself or that these 10 have shed some light on things, feel free to get in contact with us. Send us an email at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. And now on the subject of emails. It's email time. It's email time. Yep, there's the music. Thank you, Courtney. Welcome. Uh, I've pulled an email here that uh, has been sent to you, Courtney. Awesome. This comes from Karen. 
Hi, Karen. Thanks for your email. Hello, guys. Love the show. A question for Courtney. What has kept you going since you first started? I find it really hard to stick to anything. And when my motivation drops, I just stop trying and it's really frustrating. Any tips? Thanks so much, Karen. Big question, Karen. And thank you for sending it through because this is much more common than you would expect. And I went through this a lot in the past, absolutely. I think that, I first off, I think it's great that you can recognize the fact that your motivation and you stop trying is dropping away and you're getting frustrated about it. I think a lot of people, and I was one of these people who sort of five years ago was going through this, but I was sort of in denial that I was going through it. So I think the fact that you can recognize that this is happening to you, I think is a great first step. What kept me going was when I decided to make a change and I put myself in the right environment to make that change and I worked with Matt to set my goals of what I wanted to achieve and when I first met Matt four years ago and he explained to me what we were going to do, the style of training we were going to do, he set my expectation then about how long it was going to take and I think that was a really big turning point for me which was not only to find him as a trainer to find the right environment to work out in, to find the right training. Whereas, you know, before I've said I only just used to work, walk on the treadmill and that was it. Whereas Matt introduced me to intense exercise, um, weight training exercise, the nutritional support that I needed. But also I think the main thing that really, as I said, stepped out to me was he really set my expectations from the get-go, from the very first time I met him set my expectations about how long this was going to take. And I think looking back, what I struggled with in the in the previous years was having a very unrealistic expectation of what I would look like within a short period of time. So my advice to you would be to help you get through this um, in terms of tips would definitely be have a look at your goal about what you want to achieve and have a think about if that goal is so important to you that's going to help you get through because as we spoke about last week, motivation is not going to get you through. You've really mm. got to have a goal that is going to get you through on those days. You've got to have a goal that you're so determined to reach, it's going to push through those shit days. But I think really important is to really set yourself expectations, realistic expectations about how long it's going to take because that, that will stop that frustration creeping in because it is taking so long. Wow. Do you have anything to add to that that I've missed? <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, yeah, very well said. Courtney's, yeah, great advice. Well, I think I, I hope I hope that I won't keep going on and on because I know this was a long episode for you guys to listen to. Be... Um, but I hope that helps, Karen. Um, if you have any other questions or you want more clarification on that answer, please send us another email. Cool. Excellent. Well, we got through all 10. Yep. So on that note, we are going to call it a show. We are done for the day. I uh, hope this has helped, guys. As always, that's what we're here for. Uh, again, you can contact us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Any questions, any feedback, any abuse. Tell us how wrong we are. Tell us how shit we are. Tell us what your favorite Sega games are. Well, and it is good to hear feedback also on the, the podcast. So if there's anything that you would prefer to hear about, if there's anything that you'd like us to do differently, then we're always up for feedback on how it's going. Yep. So take it easy. Hope this helps and speak to you soon. See ya. 
Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.